reignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Come on, let me feel your excitement in the church. Let me feel your excitement in the presence of God. You can add a shout to it. You can add a clap to it. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Yeah. Shall we have you take our seats in the presence of God? We go to hail his name day by day. Amen. You know, Bishop Kobe has said this thing time and again. But I think it's, it's worth reiterating. He says that, there are just about three places in Accra, if not the whole Ghana, where you experience what we experience here in the Makane Cathedral. Are you happy about that? If you're happy about that, put your hands together for Jesus. Because this testimony will make you know why. And it's testimony time. Oh, I, li- I like your wow. We know you need a hand clap to it. She says, my name is Joyce. I had been invited to church several times by my sister Carol, but I never honored the invitation. Last week, I had planned to attend a church around Powerland in my area, but my sister came again with two guys. I decided to honor her invitation just this once. Now she says here, she says, I have been to many churches, many prayer camps, many different places. I have been prophesied to. You will have money, you will have this, you have that. All to no avail. She says, I haven't been to school before, so I struggle with the English language when it's being spoken. So my main issue is, when I come and the pastor is preaching, how will I understand? Ask your neighbor, how will I understand? You'll be blown away. She says, just when the man of God took the microphone, I told God, God, today I want to hear something. May I receive my word? Tonight you will receive your word. I said, tonight you will receive your word. I felt a sharp wind blow through my ears three times. Mm. And immediately, everything the pastor said, every single word, I understood it as if I had been to school before. Or if you are clapping, I think you can clap better. If you are clapping, you can clap better. Because it is something else for you not to understand the language. And then it's being preached and you can understand every single thing. And she says, I will come again and again and again. I can feel there are angels here. I know that this pastor is from God. Or if you are clapping, you can clap better. And she says it again. I have been to many churches. Many different prayer comes from Accra to Tamale. But what I saw here last Sunday, I haven't seen in any church before. Wow. Oh, I'm not feeling your hand clap. 
because we have this, the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Hallelujah. And she says, she says, I thank my sister Carol for inviting me. I will come next week Sunday. God bless the man of God and God bless this church. I will forever attend this church. Come on. Come on. We have this treasure in earthen vessel. So if you are happy about that earthen vessel, tonight I want you to put your hands together to us. Saturate to the 
Oh, you can extend that hand clap a little for the Lord. You can let it linger a little longer. Oh, that's poetic. Linger a little longer. Hallelujah. Is it a blessing to be here tonight? How many of you are happy for the privilege of being in church tonight? I just love the His Presence service. I'm sorry about shine, but I have to say it. But tonight, I'm glad to announce to you that what you came for I said, what you came for is about to come your way. Hallelujah. How many of you enjoy it when your expectations are met? Is it not nice when your expectations are met? Like when you smell good food. See that? No, you were hungry. You were expecting good food from your mother's kitchen or your wife's kitchen. And you can smell the good food. But what is better is when you actually taste the food. And the food is actually good. Because it's not everything that smells good that tastes good. (laughs) But tonight, I'm happy to tell you that you're about to taste something that is very, very good. Something that is prepared with the anointed oil from heaven. Something that has been prepared over years of season ministry. And I believe that tonight, God is about to do something in your life that Satan cannot reverse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Satan cannot reverse. So tonight, you can begin standing to your feet because I'm about to introduce to you one of the best preachers in the world. One of the Lord's anointed servants right here in our midst. Ladies and gentlemen, why don't you make some noise tonight and join me and let's welcome to this pulpit. for Jesus his present service is a beautiful service and the atmosphere determines how your life also becomes so I can I can extend it to your life and say that your life is also beautiful I want you to clap your hands and let's just enjoy the Lord let's just celebrate the Lord Great times are ahead. Our lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. You may please be seated. And um, tonight, I have a short 
a little message to give you about quiet time. But the, a very important message I want to pass on to you is what is going to happen on the 2nd of April 2021. There's always a man at whose feet your life changes. Not just any other any person. There's always a man at whose feet your life takes on a different color. So what happens is that even there are people who derive their credentials from the kind of feet they sat in their lifetime. Like some would say, oh, I, I attended um, USC. Somebody would say, oh, I, was, I attended MIT, Mumford Institute of Technology. Um, somebody would say, oh, I'm an, I'm an Achimotan. I'm an Achimotan. Somebody would say, um, I attended Holy Child School. I mean, they, they, they all, I went to school in England. I was in boarding school in England. I mean, that is a very aristocratic. But some people also present themselves not by the secondary school they attended, but by the person at whose feet. So if you look at Paul, when he was talking about himself, he only mentioned that I studied at the feet of Gamaliel. And anybody who heard that knew that he was of a certain order of greatness. Now, we thank God for pastors like us who stand before you week after week ministering, sharing the word of God. But there is a time that you need to sit at the feet of certain individuals whose impact on your life is more lasting and profound. And I think that once a year, at least once a year, you have the opportunity and to pay any price to sit at the feet of a man called Bishop Doug Heward Mills. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I have that opportunity to sit at the feet. I mean, to be practically ministered to directly and physically and not via any other media. So, I want to advise you not to miss this opportunity that is coming in two weeks time 
Don't miss it. Because the one at whose feet you sit can determine the outcomes of your life. So on the 2nd of April, by whatever means, some are going to sit at his feet through the dancing stars route. Some are going to sit at his feet through the choir route. Some through the ashes. But whatever means, make sure that at 1 p.m. on the 2nd of April, you are seated at the Jesus Savior of the World Square at Mampong. Very, very, very. Your life will, it's an experience you will live to relish. It's an experience you are going to live to enjoy. Let's, let's watch this video clip. Let's restart and let's all watch it and enjoy it. Your responsibility is to tell everybody and help in the effort to spread the good news that Jesus has died for our sins and has saved us. Join evangelist Dag Hewitt Mills as he brings gospel salvation and healing at this year's Good Friday church service. Taking place on the 2nd of April 2021 at the Jesus Saviour of the World Square, Anakazo Campus, Mampong. Time 2pm. Come with your umbrellas, sunglasses and hats and believe God to be saved and healed. Good Friday Church Service, Jesus Saviour of the World Square, Anakazo Campus, Mampong, 2nd of April 2021, 2pm. 2 Showing live on Facebook and Healing Jesus TV. See you there. Clap your hands. So as you know, it is going to be shown live on Facebook and Healing Jesus TV. But if you understand atmosphere, you wouldn't want to use this. The Facebook is for people in Canada. Yes. From where? People where? Canada. Or Afghanistan. But if you are in Accra, you can't do yourself that harm of experiencing Good Friday via Facebook. No. Facebook is not for you. Healing Jesus TV is not for you. There are experiences you get when you travel. Yes. The Bible says the queen of Sheba traveled. So, prepare tonight when you go home, put a bottle of water in your fridge for 2nd April. Get some sunglasses. Okay, I'm getting the traffic. Yeah. Get an umbrella or a nice wide brimmed hat. Wide? What? What hat? 
fedora hat. I don't know this where I came from. We don't wear this. We wear the straw hat, the Macola market one. But an experience. You need it for your life. You know. If there's a lady you want to even propose to, take her there. Take her. Say that. I, I want to take you somewhere. There's a bridge just by the square. You can just stand there. And as you are watching the water flow and the fishes say, you know, as this water is flowing, I want to flow with you. I want us to flow together. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to believe God that you are going to have a great experience. And uh, invite every member will invite a non-church member to that event. So, begin to pray about it. Begin to talk to God about it. And uh, I believe that God is going to change your life in a very, very powerful way. Amen. There are some of us who are here in this service for the first time. I want to welcome you to church. And uh, this is going to be your permanent home. This is going to be the place you are going to live to experience God in amazing ways for the rest of your life. So at this time, I want to welcome our sister Mary to give us a song. And I'll come back and share a short message with you. I believe it's going to be a great blessing to you. Let's clap our hands and receive our sister Mary. Hallelujah. Was paralyzed by fear when the herd of mighty multitude was quickly drawing near. But when we stand on holy ground, our smallest prayer is heard. Instead of on our circumstance, our eyes are on the Lord. Pray on. For you are who the Lord is looking for Pray on For this will tear those mighty strongholds down Stay on your knees For this is where the battle is won Very soon you'll see a victory Pray on When Daniel faced the lions for worship and the Lord, it seemed there was no hope at all for what would be in store. But when we stand on holy ground, our victory began. For when we call upon the Lord, we save on all of heaven. For you are who the Lord is looking for 
very soon you win the victory. Pray on. When your questions go unanswered and your praise may seem in vain, they don't seem to make the difference. They don't seem to make a change. Be rest assured, God knows your needs. And he hears each time you pray. Our praise are rich in heaven. And the answer is on the way. Pray on, for you are who the Lord is looking for. Pray on, for this will tear those mighty strongholds down. Seek your father prayerfully. Very soon you win the victory. Pray on. Pray on. Clap your hands. I'm continuing to share with you on the seven steps to an effective quiet time. A quiet time is a time with the Lord in the Word. A time every Christian ought to spend time reading his Bible and praying every day. You see, it is only what you do every day that can be called your habits. And you are a product of habits. Some people have a habit of reading and studying all the time. It's a habit. So when they go to school, because they read and study all the time, they pass their exams and they become lawyers. Some too have a habit of not reading, playing all the time. So, when they go to school, they just go there to just play. It's a habit. It's a habit. And that also makes them what they are. That habit of not studying makes them what they are. Some people have a habit of batting all the time. Some have a habit of not batting all the time. And when you meet them, you can tell. I mean, either by how they look or how they smell. I mean, you may not know. You, you really may not know, but you are your habits. You are actually your habits. 
if you are happy right now or you are sad right now it is because of your habits and not possibly even because of what you are going through so when we get born again we are confronted once again with habits which can determine your spirituality or your carnality habits And the Bible says in the book of Romans that if you tend towards carnality, a habit of not praying, not reading your Bible, not living a spiritual life, you want to be carnal, the Bible says that those who tend towards carnality experience death. Their life dies. To be carnally minded is death. Romans 8. I think verse 6. Then those who read their Bibles, obey the word, follow God, are interested in working with God, become spiritual, which is also a product of habits. And that habit leads them to life and peace. So somebody is enjoying peace. Not because the person has money or has whatever, but the, the person is spiritual. Because if you are not spiritual, you will not enjoy peace. A lot of the problems you will have in life will be a result of not being spiritual. Yes. If you are spiritual, there are certain difficulties you will face on this earth. Oh, yes. Once you take a decision to work with God and to follow him, you experience certain challenges. But overall, life and peace comes from spirituality. That is why I am taking my time Saturday after Saturday to point you to a habit. A habit from from the time God made man, those who have lived out this habit have always worked with God. So Joshua would say in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. All. Do it. Do it. Do it. For then thou, thou shall make thy way prosperous. So prosperity is once again coming up as as the product of a habit. I thought that it is by going to school studying engineering or medicine or law that makes you prosperous but the bible doesn't link prosperity to being a doctor the bible doesn't link prosperity to be the 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 md of a bank the bible links prosperity directly to the word of god the word of god yes and i've experienced it I've, i've seen it 
I've met people with no, who haven't sat in a classroom before. I'm millionaires. I sat on a plane with someone. He, this guy could not even write his name. I failed his form for him. I failed his disembarkation form. I failed it. I took his passport, wrote his name, asked for his age. We became friends. Millionaire. Money man. Prosperous. No university, no nothing. I'm not against university. But I'm saying that a habit, look at it very carefully. He didn't even say once a day. He said day and night. Day and night. But today's Christian is not working in that lifestyle. The Bible is far from today's believer. Very far. A lot of us sitting here have not read our Bibles since last Saturday. For then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Success. I recommend this lifestyle. I recommend the lifestyle. I I pray that this would not just be a sermon to hear and go home, but it will be a message from God to obey, to change your life. So I'm talking about the seven steps to having your quiet time. And the first step, if you want to read your Bible every day, the first step is you pray, you worship God, You find a a place and a time. A place. When God wanted to meet Moses, he asked him to meet him somewhere. Everyone must have a place. Whether it's in your room, behind your house, under a tree, in your, wherever. A place where you meet God. Where you sit. Because it's not everywhere you can meet God. When God wanted to meet Moses, he asked him to meet him somewhere. Jesus met God a lot of times in the mountains. He had a garden called Gethsemane where he went all the time to pray. He had a place to sleep. He had a house. But he also had a place where he went to pray. And you must also have a place where you, even if it's it's in your room, try to have a place, maybe a chair, somewhere you sit for a few minutes to spend time with God. So a place, a time, and a Bible, of course. And there are other accessories you will need. And I'll talk about them as I go on. But that habit will make you successful. That habit will change you. Then number two. You read a passage. And last week I shared with you 
how to find something to read in the Bible. How do you find something to read in the Bible? You can study a book, a book in the Bible. You start, you can study John, Luke, and you read it. Ephesians or First Samuel. Read your Bible, read it. It will make you prosperous. You prosper. So, so you, you can have your quiet time from a book you are studying. A book in the Bible. A book in the Bible. I can see Joshua. You can read Joshua. I can see Second Chronicles. I can see Acts. You can start reading Acts. Start from chapter 1. Another way to find something to read in the Bible is to learn about a personality in the Bible. You want to read, you've heard somebody mention Saul. King Saul. Who is King Saul? This month, I'm going to read about King Saul. Who is King David? I'm going to read about King David. Who is Paul? They say Paul, the apostle. I want to read about Paul. It's a time with the word. Anything that will draw you close to the word of God. Or, you can also use devotionals. I had some last week. I don't know if we have some here. Some devotionals. Like, the, like daily bread. Daily guide. Yes. That was different from just opening your Bible to Acts or Joshua and reading. That one, for a devotional, like this, Daily Keys, written by our father, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Daily Solutions. Anything to do to spend time with God through his word. Daily Advice. How do you use this one? How do you use this one as a Christian? And they are in the bookshop. If you, every day, every day of the year, 365 days a year, every day of the year, there is a devotional. So this one, day two, the task and there's a verse read Matthew 9 so there's a verse there so you, you may not and, and you see this this devotional every day has a different verse it's different from or, or I mean a different book in the Bible so today is Luke the next day is Mark the next day is a verse from Numbers a, a verse from Isaiah a verse from Jeremiah but the blessing in this is that a pastor has written and explained the verse and commented on the verse. So when you read that commentary, it's just like being taught the word of God. So if you use this, 
you will learn something new. If you also don't use us, but you go the Bible, uh, the, the book, or the personality way, there is also a way. Now, today, I'm going to talk about point number three, step number three, and that is to meditate on the word of God. When you have your quiet time, because whether you are using a book in the Bible or you are learning about somebody, you meditate. You meditate. I want to talk about meditation today, especially in this service today. Yes, it's very, I want to, I want to bring it again to us here. Yes. How many of you are new today in this service? Today is the first time you are coming to church. Can I see your hand? Give me a wave of your hand. Give me a wave. Yeah. Now, listen very carefully to this. To meditate means to think. To think. To think through. And soberly reflect. To think. Say to think. Now, a Christian must think about the word of God. You see, the blessing of having your quiet time every day is that you get the opportunity to think about the word of God. See, if your mind is a machine, if your mind is a machine, there are many things that go through the mind. There are many things that go through the mind. The Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinks, so is he. So, you are a product of your thinking. Your thinking. Your thinking. You can think in a way to destroy your life. You can think in a way to destroy your marriage. How you think. You can think in a way and destroy an important relationship. Somebody can tell you something about someone. And if you continue thinking on that, it can change your attitude or your relationship with the person. People have used a way of thinking 
to rise in their life's pursuits. As a man thinks that as we wake up and we go around, there are a lot of things that want to influence our thinking. If you go to social media, you see people talking about things they have no business talking about. You see people who even call them, who give themselves titles, pastor, reverend, apostle. And when you listen to them, you see, you see what you are listening to is a product of that person's thinking. Now, you also must think your own thinking. You also must think. So, you'll find Christians who don't think properly. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Um, verse 11. Verse 11. Yes. It said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. And note that one, I thought as a child. Your thinking can show whether you are a child or you are a mature person. How you think. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So all of us are thinking in a certain way. The way you think can let you come to church every Sunday or be in the house every Sunday. In fact, the way you think can let you even join the service online or come here physically. How your mind works. A large part of your life is a result of how you think. You know, the same thing can happen to two different people and will affect them in different ways based on how the person thinks. Now, I want to take you also to town and remember that when you meet, how many of you have seen a naked man in town, madman or woman? Can I see your hand? You, since you were born, you've seen a naked man. Not naked in his toilet or bathroom, but in town. Town as in walking around. Can I see your hand, please? Right. Is it nice? Is it a good thing? Oh, you saw one at circle. It's unsightly. Would you like to walk about naked? Now, now, let's not go there. That's not good. But I want to remind you that that man you saw naked in town the difference between you and that man is not in your kidneys the difference between you and that man is not in your liver in fact the difference between you and that madman 
is not even in the structure of your brain. Now, I want to remind you, I, I, I'm a medical doctor. And I studied for seven years to become a doctor. And for one and a half years of my medical school training to be a doctor, we had to study normal human beings, normal anatomy. That is the normal way a blood vessel will pass through the leg. A normal look, how, how a muscle looks like. How the muscle should be attached to a bone. We, 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 we studied the liver. We cut the liver in pieces and studied parts of the liver. Every part. We studied the kidney. For one and a half years, we studied the neck. That was the most complex part. We call it head and neck. Head and neck. Very difficult. Very, very, very complex. Head and neck. Now, did you know that the body, you see, the human bodies we used because we were cutting the body every day, one and a half years, close to two years. So every day we go, if it's the leg, if it's the chest, we stick a knife and cut and we go in. We go, we go in. You see the bone, you see the muscle. They will show you, there's a book, a manual, say, cut this way, turn this way, go here. You see a blood vessel. Yes, that one is long saphenous vein, right? Behind it is this, and look or to the left of it. So we, 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 by the time one and a half years was over, we had torn apart human bodies. Now, the bodies we used to learn, some of them were normal people in town whose relatives were not interested. We're not interested. So they were in the mortuary for years. So that the, the government will give the body to us to learn. But a lot of the bodies we used to study were the bodies of madmen. One of them was called Cornelius. The bodies we used to study. Uh, listen very carefully. Medical school. The bodies we used to study perfect anatomy. Where the eye should be. Where the neck vessel should be. Perfect, 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 perfect. Where the bodies of madmen. So madmen actually have got are as perfect as you are. So perfect that we use them to study medicine. But what made them mad was their mind, how they thought, the thinking, the thinking. That is why when you get born again, God has, has, has arranged that you also, through quiet time, will change the way you think so that you, do, you become a normal person. There are women who have no problem with having a husband and having boyfriends. 
There are men who have no problem having a wife and having girlfriends. It's normal. There are people who have no problem having money and steal, I mean, working their place and stealing money. Some have no problem talking about people to bring them down. What the Bible, what quiet time, what quiet time does is that through your daily activity of reading the Bible and meditating on it, it changes you because a man is the way he thinks. And if God can get you to think properly, he has changed your life. If God can change the way you think, he has changed your life. I said, if God can change the way you think, he has changed your life. There are people who have no problem at all killing you right now and taking your iPad. Just pass through the bush and let somebody be. He has no problem killing you right now. How his mind works. But the Bible will correct your thinking and place value on human life. So quiet time. Quiet time. Anybody who doesn't read his Bible every day, every day reading your Bible, what you don't know you are doing to yourself is that you are persistent as an unbeliever. Because receiving Jesus Christ as your personal savior is not enough. Lifting your hands and coming forward to receive Jesus is not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. You receive him and that makes it easy for you to now do the things you must do. A a believer who doesn't read this, but look, listen, sisters, if you meet a man, you want to marry the man, ask yourself, does this man, does this man I want to weld myself to, does he read his Bible every day? If he doesn't, you are about to marry an unbeliever. You might as well have gone to town to choose anybody in town. You see people who sit in church. God means nothing to them. God means nothing to them. And it's all because of how our mind works. There are Christians, some of you are sitting here, you have been in church for many years. You have never paid tithes before because your mind is that tithe is... You won't, you won't even take your time to read your Bible and meditate on it. So you so I attend Lighthouse. I'm att- I attend Makane Cathedral. I found the beloved in Makane Cathedral. I'm going, to, I'm going to marry him because he's in church. He's an usher. He's an usher. Or he's in the choir. Or he's a whatever. It doesn't matter. Does he read his Bible every day? Because reading your Bible every day has within it the meditation part. And that's what changes a man. Your real change. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 4. Verse 5. Let this mind 
be in you. He was speaking to Christians. That is, think this way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That is, think this way. Think the way Jesus thought. When Jesus was confronted with problems, how did he think? Because your thinking is actually who you are. Not your singing. Not your dancing. Not the keyboard you are playing. Your thinking is what makes you who you are. There are some sisters, they don't know about forgiveness. They don't know about forgiveness. Because naturally, where they came from, there's no forgiveness. You do me, I do you. But what does the Bible say? When you read a verse and you meditate on it and you, and you walk in it, like Joshua 1, 8 says, it will change you. And many so-called Christians are not changed. So to meditate, there are seven keys. Number one, you read the passage slowly. You take your time to read the Bible passage. Not fast. You are not going to write an exam. If it's John chapter 3, verse 1, or let's say John chapter 1, verse 1. We are having our quite a John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning. This you can have your quiet time for one week with this verse. There is so much in this. And I'm saying that as you meditate on this verse alone, it will change you. It will change you. You'll be different from your sister in the house who doesn't read her Bible. You'll be different from your cousin who doesn't read his Bible. You will change if you read this every day. So to have your quiet time, you read so let's say you read in the beginning was the word, the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. See, so that is when now King James is not helping you. Because it's now difficult, because some of you have not even passed English language to now read the, the English that the people were speaking in 1782. So here, for instance, if you have another Bible, you can. If you have New King James Bible, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Is it not easier to understand than the complex King James? Can we have New American Standard Bible? All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. You yourself will choose which version or which translation is easier for you to understand. 
So when you are having your quiet time, it's important to use the right Bible. The right Bible. And you read. But remember, we have read John chapter 1 verse 1. We have not learned anything from it. We have read John chapter 1 verse 2. We have not read, uh, learned anything from it. What are we doing here in John chapter 1 verse 2? So let's go back to John chapter 1 verse 1 and stay there and, and, and meditate. God will say something to us. So we go back and it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So you start by reading the slowly. Number two. Do not read a very long passage unless it is necessary. That's the second step. Don't read a long passage. Don't even read three verses. I will advise you. One verse. Unless the verse has... uh, 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 and this person begat this, and this begat this, and this begat this. It's all begetting, and you don't know the people. So you can go and go and go till you read something that you can relate with. Number four, or uh, number three, stay at any verse that strikes you. And you must allow a verse to strike you. Allow verse one to strike you. Allow verse one. Even the one we says and, and, and Noah begat this and this begat this, it must strike you and ask yourself, you two, who have you begat? God's word is so powerful that only a single word in a verse is enough to change your life. Each quiet time should be a search for that single word that can change your life. Step number four, D. Think about the meanings of the words you are reading. So in the beginning, what are the meanings? Beginning is a word we can look for the meaning. What does beginning mean? Beginning means beginning. That's what it means. At the start. At the start. So, does this verse not even embolden you to also start? So, if you are starting your day, it's the word. If you are starting your marriage, if you are starting your business, anything you are starting, because the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. How come you, in the beginning was clothes, or in the beginning was food? You, 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 you begin your day with breakfast, but the Bible says, the beginning was the word. And you are beginning with breakfast. You can see that you are departing from God. Number five, seven steps, fifth step. Think about how the scripture applies to life in your generation. How does this verse apply apply to our lives in our generation now? In this generation, life is so busy Life is so fast that if you are not careful, you will begin your day with Facebook. But this verse didn't say in the beginning was Facebook. It's like in the beginning was the word. So you try, no matter how difficult, to push in the word of God. Try. That's a Christian. You are being made a Christian. Try. How does it apply? It applies 
to your life that if you don't force, you will start your day with torture. If you don't force, you will start your day by driving your car. Do you have a car? Yes. If you're not, if you don't, that is why. And we are not, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad person. We are all trying to live. We are trying to pay our rents. We've got children who must, their school fees must be paid. So we have to go to work. So if you, if you don't allow this word and force it into your life, your life will be lived outside the influence of the word of God. Now your life, that's, that, that becomes a carnal life. A life without God. A life based on the rat race of chasing money, chasing degrees, chasing women, chasing a man, chasing a job, chasing things. But the Bible is not in your life. So, number six. You whisper to the Holy Spirit. And you say, help me, Holy Spirit, to understand your word. Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You pray, Lord, I've read this verse. Holy Spirit, give me revelation. Quietly, behind your house, under a tree. Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Give me revelation. What does this, what is this verse saying? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word, Holy Spirit, what, what is this? What, what is this? What is this verse saying? And suddenly, you hear a voice. My daughter, my son. This verse means, begin your day with the word. Begin your discussions with the word. You are meeting somebody in the afternoon. Before you talk to the person, find a scripture to help you to have the meeting with the person. Yeah, I said you have an appointment at 2.30 p.m. in a bank. Before you go there, start it. Even if you are not going to read the Bible in the person's office, as you are going, a verse. I mean, start that meeting. Having, 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 having thought about a scripture. a Christian. It's a Christian. I'm a center leader. I'm going to visit my church members. My, 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 my center members. And I, today is Rita's thing. I'm going to see Rita. You don't just start by dressing up. Combing your hair. You must start that journey to Rita's house with a verse. Yeah, because if you are not very careful and you don't begin it with a verse, either you see where appropriate, where appropriate, you start with a verse with the person. If it's not appropriate, you start with a verse with your own self, with your own your own mind. Because if you don't start with a verse in your own mind, you may go to visit Rita, and the visitation can turn into some temptation. In the beginning, you start with the word. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. What else? How does this apply? It applies because 
the word that you start with, that word was with God. Something that is with God has power. Remember Angel Gabriel, when he came to speak to Mary, he said, I am the angel Gabriel. Who, who, who stands in the presence of God? Anything that is in the presence is with God. Must be more powerful than something that is with the president of the country. Anything that is with God must be more powerful than something that is with a man. Ah, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And the word I'm about to begin with was God. So this is so 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 this verse I'm reading, this is God. This it is God. God is not on a tree. God is not in an office. This verse, if you are looking for God, this verse is God. Whatever God will do for what what are the things God can do for you? God can bless you. God can heal you. God can prosper you. God can uh, protect you. God can deliver you. This is what can deliver you. This is what can protect you. This is what can heal you. This is what can correct you. This is what can guide you. This is what can prosper you. This verse I've read. This is God. This one. This. This is God. Not this one. This is God. This is God. This. If you are looking for God, you have found God. God is nowhere. He's not in the pastor's office. God is not on the stage. You want God to give you a job? This is the God who will give you a job. Yes. And finally, number seven. Decide in a practical way to implement the scripture that you have just learned. How can I implement this? From today, every morning, I will read my Bible. Yes. Every morning, I'll begin my day with God. I will begin my interactions with God. I'll begin my things with God's word. In the beginning was the word, the word, Lord. So, so, so if you are going to meet somebody, even you can pray, Lord, give me a word to begin this meeting. Don't you think that is very different from a Christian who's an usher? To a singer. A Christian who thinks this way. Who can sit down and think. And as you think about this, you become someone who starts things with God. You become God conscious. Many of us are not God conscious. I told you one day, a brother, he's going to come to church tomorrow. He's in shine. He has a, he had a problem with fornication, and I, he told me, "I said, meet me in my office. I'm going to help you. I've, I'm going to talk to you, and you know, I've got some scriptures to share with you, and really pray with you, and guide you. I'm going to guide you." When the brother came, and he sat in my office, as soon as he sat down, the Holy Spirit told me clearly. It's one of the few times you hear it so clear, so clear. He said clearly, don't share any verse with him. Don't share any scripture with him. Tell him that his problem is that he doesn't fear God. You see, God is not there to even be feared. Because because this brother, he doesn't even read his Bible. 
Because, I mean, if you fear God, really, fear, how do you, if you say, oh, I fear Mr. Osei, so Mr. Osei is there, then I can stand here and misbehave. Because if I see Mr. Osei, I put my hands behind my back. If you fear God, where is God to fear him? But if you know that God is his word, and that word is in your heart, wherever you turn, the fear of God is with you. You don't need to be with someone not to do something alone, because God is with you in your heart. You fear him. He said, this brother doesn't fear God. So I told him, I had no problem. I said, your problem is that you don't fear God. And the Holy Spirit told me, when people don't fear God, they say certain sins are their weakness. Oh, my weakness is lies. My weakness is stealing. My weakness is that. My weakness is that. But it is really that you don't fear the word of God. The Bible talks about someone who trembles at the word of God. He trembles. Psalm 15, I think. He trembles when he sees the word of God. Who is the one who will ascend to the hill? Who is the one who will stand in God's presence? Is it Psalm 15? Give me, let me see if it's Psalm 15. I need to find it. Verse 1, I mean. Yes, Psalm 15, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Who? Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Number two. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. And he that sweareth to his own head and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to Israel, nor taketh a reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Yes. You see? Ezra chapter 9 verse 4. Ezra 9 and verse 4. Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of the God of Israel. Like as you have assembled, it should have been very nice that all of us are people who tremble at the word of God. You see, you see the, the, the atmosphere in a service eh, is not created by the pastor. It's not created by the, by the, by the lights. It's the type of people who have gathered. If, if, if the church service is a collection of people who have gathered, who actually tremble at God's word, is it? then were assembled to me everyone that trembled at the word of the God of Israel. It's a type of church. It's a type of gathering. That everybody there 
respects the word of God, trembles at the word of God. Is it not different from a church where the people have gathered, they don't really read the Bible, they don't fear God, they, 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 they don't even have a Bible, they don't have any, any, any regard for God's word. And you are standing there, you are preaching to them. No wonder the atmosphere will be a dry atmosphere. That's why quiet time. We don't have quiet time in, in church. We don't come to church to have a quiet time. Our real Christianity is at home. In fact, it is that teaching that gave rise to the house church meeting, the ATMs. That, 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 that we are going to find God at home. That's not where we come to have quiet time. If indeed quiet time helps you to know God, as I'm preaching, look, somebody has slept. Her. She, she's dead. Look at that. She's dead. I mean, she, she, she has no. It's like God or His word is as close to her as the Japanese Prime Minister's auntie is close to her. Japanese Prime Minister's auntie is close to her. But there are some people. You see, if you already read your Bible at home and I'm preaching the Bible, it kicks up something in me. Wow, what a word. What a word. But if you don't read your Bible, when you come to church and the pastor is preaching from the Bible, that preaching doesn't hit you. It doesn't connect because there is nothing in you for the word of God to connect to. There's nothing. But those who have the word of God in them already, you see that. So, so if, if you've noticed, if you want the word of God is being preached, the people who stand up, are likely to be those in front who are the pastors. And the further you go, you see that the house is in there. Even right now, look at who are standing there. They are here, they are the pastors. It's like, mm. so the word I am preaching, it doesn't meet anything in you. Have you not seen somebody singing a song? Um, what song? What, what, what tree song? Oh, any song. Sorry. Oh, give me something. Some of the latest songs. Like what song? Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you. You see, as I'm singing the song, some people are looking at me and chewing gum like a cow chewing grass. It's like, what I'm saying is like, I'm speaking Japanese to an Ashanti linguist. But the sister who has already been listening to Great Are You Lord at home, when she comes to church and the pastor lifts that word, it connects to something inside of her. Yes. I've seen this before. I've heard this word before. What a word. Because it connects. If you've not read, so let's stay with this song. If you've not heard this song before, and there's someone is singing it. Have you not seen that? When let's say Enam or Grace is singing, some people just they, they stand up because that song they have it at home. 
They have listened to the song at home. So, in fact, they were listening to it before they came to church. Hey, I'm surprised that Sister Grace has sang the song. Then they, they just stand up. Some begin to cry. Lord, you are speaking to me. But those who have never heard the song before, they are just sitting down like cows looking at the gates. Ladies and gentlemen, the same is the word of God. If I'm preaching the word of God and the word of God is not already in you, I'm throwing stones at a wall. But if the word of God is already in you, I'm using a verse you were also reading three days ago. And I introduce a, di- a dimension of that verse. It takes something in you. It takes something in you. That's why God has instituted I can you imagine if as we came to church today that over a thousand people sitting here are all people in the word. Even, even it would be nice to preach in this church. Ah, you know it. When the word is entering, the Bible, call, God, the Bible calls it free course. Let the word have a free course. It's like it flows because it meets what it, it is like. Uh-huh. But when you are preaching a word to, to people who don't read their Bibles, the church service becomes a church service where a Japanese priest is speaking to Ewes. I Many of you are looking at me. Is that, is that why they brought me here? I mean, so to do what? It doesn't resonate at all, it doesn't touch you. Because you are not, you see, the word I'm preaching is not in you. But I pray that God will give us leaders in the church who will lead their members to teach them one by one how to read their Bible at home. Have you read your Bible today? No, the way you are looking at me, you, you look lost. It's like you cannot, you cannot even hear. I'm very sure he has heard nothing. There's a look of loss. But he's not a new member. He's one of the longest members in this church. Because what the pastor is preaching is far. Because maybe he has been listening to something totally opposite the word of God. And watching things totally, it's like he's, he's, he's just sitting here. It's just his body. But some people, it's not their body. He has been standing since I've been preaching. Because everything I say hits him and meets something in him, which also is like the word that is coming. Can any two walk together except there's agreement? Stand your feet. Meditation. We'll keep preaching. We won't stop. We'll keep preaching. We'll try. We'll keep trusting God. We'll, we'll not stop. We'll not stop. We'll not stop. If I can read my Bible every day, that brother can also read his Bible every day. The same God who touched my heart will also touch your heart. Lift your hands.
If you're a pastor, pray for your members. Yes. That's why we try. Like even we have a center service. That is just like a like a service on in the church. When they come here, they are already used to what is happening in the center. But never to not happen. Lift your hands and pray. Thinking through. Speak to me, Lord. Lord, I commit myself to your way. I commit myself to your word. Your word, your word, your word, your word. I'm married, your word. I'm doing business, your word. I have a friend, your word. I have a sister, your word. I'm going to eat, your word. I'm going to discuss, your word. I'm with a girl, your word. I'm with that boy, your word. Your word, your word, your word, your word, your word. Always your word, your word, your word. I'm used to it. I read it every day. It's part of me. Every day. Lift your hands. Can you lift your hands and just pray? Commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to the word of God. Commit yourself to the word of God. Look. It's very sad that as a Christian, you will come to church and everything is strange to you. The word of God, the word being preached is strange. The songs are strange. It's like you are in a strange land. So how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? The, the church must not be strange to you. The church cannot, should not be strange. But because you, see, because you don't practice church at home, when you come here, it's new to you. The same way, if I also enter like a uh, volleyball court, it will be strange. I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Everyone. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray for some people. Somebody. Somebody. Please don't talk to your friend. I beg you. I, I, I am begging you. Those boys at the back. I beg you. If I must kneel down, I'll kneel down and beg you. I'm begging you. You are here today. And you are not born again. You are not born again. You are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You are lost. You are alone. You are far from God. But it's good to be near God. Psalm 73, verse 28. It's good to be close to God. And tonight you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to come close to God. I want to draw close to God. I want to be near God. I want Jesus to be in my life. I want him to be my master and my Lord and my savior. Pastor, please pray for me. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. Pastor, please pray for me. If you are here like that, and you want me to pray for you, you want me to pray a prayer for you, just remain where you are. But just lift up your right hand. Yes. Lift your hand. Yes. I want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I want to pray for you. Lift your hand if you want me to pray for you. Lift your hand high. Lift your hand above your head. Yes. I see your hand. Lift it high. I see it. I'm going to pray for you. I see your hand. Lift it high. Pastor, pray for me. I see your hand. 
Yes, I see your hand. I'll pray for you. Pastor, I want to know Jesus. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Please pray for me, Pastor. Lift your hand high above your head. I see. I see. If your hand is up and you want me to pray for you, you want me to pray for you to surrender your life to Jesus. If your hand is up, keep your hand up and come to me here. Come here. Meet me here. Take your Bible, take your notebook, your phone, or what? Your phone, your iPad, your bag, and come. Yes. Clap for them. They are coming. Clap for them. They are coming. Clap for them. Come. Come to Jesus. Yes. Beautiful. Stand here. Yes. My dear. Come. Yeah. You want to give your life to Jesus. Come. Look at my hand. I'm inviting you. Come. I'm inviting you. Come. Come to Jesus. He will do you good. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yes. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yes. I'm going to pray with these wonderful brothers. But before I do, I want to give somebody another opportunity maybe you are standing there you are wondering should I go or should I stay whenever you are in doubt it's good to come it's good to come should I go or should I stay if you are in doubt come right now yes clap your hands leave you where you are and come to the front join us here there are many people here come and join us here I'm going to pray with you you want to say pastor I'm not sure if I die now whether I'm going to heaven or I'm going to hell. I don't know, Pastor. Come. Yes, come. Clap for him. He's coming. Clap for them. They are 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 coming. coming. My brother, come. Don't, Don't look at someone. Don't look at someone. Come. Lift your two hands. Lift your two hands. Your two hands. And pray this prayer after me. Say after me. When I say it, then you also say it after me. But make it your prayer. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, dear God, today I have surrendered my life I have surrendered my life I realize, I realize that I am destroying my life that I am destroying my life by staying away from you by staying away from you I'm coming close to you I'm coming close to you please receive me please receive me make me your lord make me your, lord. Make me your child Make me your child. Wash me. I'm dirty. 
I have sinned. I have committed many sins. I have done many bad things. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. I want to walk with you. I want to start a new life. A new life. A new life. And grow in you. I thank you, Lord, for this salvation. It's a special. I will guard it. I will protect it. I will make sure I don't lose this. Help me, Lord, to grow in you, to know you more, and to live for you. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray for these ones that you receive them. I pray that you keep them. I pray that you deliver them from the things that will destroy their lives. I thank you. I praise you. I'm grateful to you, Lord. Take care of them. May none be lost. Pray for those who are going to take care of these ones. Give them a burden. Give them a burden. Let them think properly that this is the work. This is the work. Yes. May they fear you. Those who will take care of these ones. May they fear you. Put your fear in them. Your fear in them. I pray in Jesus' name. You see the pastors standing there waving, they are waving their hand. Can you see them? They are waving their hand. Yeah. I want you to go to them because they are going to teach you, they are going to visit you, and they are going to help you. Now you are a baby, so they must help you. And, and I mean, you, you are a macho man, but in the spirit, you are a baby. Somebody must tell you what to do, must guide. Do you want to grow in God, in Christ? It will help you. Your life will change. You'll be a better person. So let's all go to them. Let's go to them. Let's go to them. Keep clapping for them. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Keep clapping for them. Keep clapping for them. Keep clapping your hands for them. Clapping for them, and those who are online, there's a number on your screen. Also, please call that number, somebody will answer it, somebody will talk to you, and the person will help you, will be a friend to you, and it will change your life. Amen. Today, I have preached about the word, and I want us to take our communion. If you brought your, if you didn't bring your communion, just close your eyes and pray and ask the Lord to help you to know him more if you brought your communion take out your bread we are about to eat the communion yes take it this is my body which was broken for you drink 
This is my blood. Yes. Which was shed for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood shall have eternal life. Oh, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. The cup of blessing which we bless yes. is the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break is the communion of the It's a holy meal. The meal of God. Oh, it's a holy meal. It will sustain you. It will make you whole. It will give you life. When I see the blood. Lift your breath. This is the body of Christ. I know it is bread in your hand. But Jesus took it the same way. And he said, this is my body. And we have learned today that the word is God. So as we eat this, we are saying, that, Lord, we will eat your word every day. We will read our Bibles every day. Lift your hand. Even if there's no bread in your hand, lift your hand. And say, from today, from today, I will eat the word of God. Day and night. Day and night. And think about it and meditate on it day and night in Jesus' name, the body of Christ. Let's eat it. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Oh, when I see, when I see the blood, when I see the blood. The blood. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Life, there's life in the blood. And it's that blood that washed our sins and saved us. I want you to lift your cup and say the blood of Jesus. It washes me. It cleanses me. It sanctifies me. It heals me. The blood of Jesus is my portion. The blood. Let's pray. When I see the blood, oh, that precious blood, yeah, I will pass Lift your hands and pray. Pray for yourself. Pray. Oh, everyone, everyone, pray. When I see the blood, pray that the word of God will be part of your life. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. The word. When I see the blood, the word, yeah, the word. I will pass over you. Thank you, Lord. we thank you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. You may please be seated.